0: this episode of the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast, we are going to give you a buy low, a sell high, a buy high, somebody we're buying, and someone that we're actually worried about because it is early and I feel like every time I say, hey, you worried about this guy? And so I was like, nah, not worried. Heath, just a carefree Heath Cummings, not worried about anything.
1: I am worried about one thing and that is violence in baseball, Adam. Oh, and yeah. I'm hoping that you are going to publicly denounce the thuggish behavior of the New York Yankees.
0: You know, it's kind of tough from my perspective because obviously I consider myself a role model to many, many people out there, right? Uh, Right. (laughs) I don't want to, uh, I don't want to glamorize the brawling. I think it's stupid, but I'm human and I was very entertained by it.
1: Okay. Tyler Austin, Superman punching Carlos Fables, a well respected baseball man. Third base coach.
0: I didn't see that. When he
1: wasn't even looking.
0: I didn't see that. I, I, I well, had no idea that happened. Y- you no should idea. look at
1: my Twitter feed and watch the video and then, I mean, Carlos Fables.
0: <laughs> that poor like, guy. How
1: can you punch Carlos Fables? Well, which
0: brawl did you, f- see, this is the thing. I feel bad that we're like glamorizing it, but I'm sorry, but, but which brawl did you find more, uh, entertaining?
1: I mean, probably that one. Yeah. He threw a Superman
0: punch. Nolan Arenado. I didn't realize how how big he is. He is He's a, a big terrifying dude, yes. guy. My goodness.
1: Have Have you seen the tape?
0: Uh, what you tweeted? Yes. No, I'm gonna look it up right now. But let's let's while I look it up, let's get into the show. Scott's gonna be joining us soon. We're gonna update you on some bullpens, interesting saves yesterday from Albers, from uh, Keenan Middleton, from Nate Jones. Some blown saves to talk about. More double dongs. Javi Baez has homered four times in his last two games. Max Kepler, Kurt Suzuki, Gary Sanchez also went deep twice. We're bringing back the Thames watch. Somebody tweeted me yesterday, you got to bring back the Thames watch, and I think we do. This guy's got five home runs. But we're adding another watch, another player to watch. And then I think there were nine starting pitchers that are off to very interesting starts through three starts. And they are McCullers, Robbie Ray, Carrasco, Paxton, Tanaka, Alex Wood, John Lester, Luis Castillo, and Danny Duffy. Some dealing with velocity decreases, some good, some bad, so we'll talk about that. But hey, real quick, let's talk about some of the stars of last night. Hey, real quick, Heath, Zach Wheeler or Nick Pavetta or Yanni Chirinos, three choices there.
1: Before I answer, I think it's important to recognize all three of these starting pitchers have plenty of reason to doubt them. Nick Pavetta has had two outstanding starts in a row. It's against two of the worst offenses in baseball. Zach Wheeler just threw seven innings against one of those teams, the Marlins, in Marlins Park. And then Yanni Chirinos, they won't actually even say that he's a part of the rotation, and he's still on a 75-pitch limit. I'm going to say Wheeler... I think it's more likely that he is a good pitcher for the entire season. The second one I'd go with is Shirinos, just because of the opportunity in that raise rotation, pitching a lot of games in a good park. And he's like, he hasn't given up a run yet in two games against the Red Sox and one against the White Sox. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll say Pavetta last.
0: That's very interesting. Pavetta is by far the most owned. He's 48% owned. All three of these guys could be two star pitchers next week. That's typically the case with Wednesday. Starters. Although it's it's unclear how long Jason Vargas is going to be out. Zach Wheeler. It seems almost certain that he will get another start. And he said he made a mechanical adjustment. And and really, I don't know what you know. I don't know what that means. A lot of guys make mechanical adjust, adjustments, but with Wheeler, the control heath is obviously really important. So he made one minor league start. He walked one batter in five innings. He made one major league start against the minor league team, the Marlins, and walked one batter in seven innings. So that's got to be pretty interesting for you,
1: huh? Yeah, if I knew that he was going to be a two-star pitcher next week, I'd be picking him up to do that. I don't – I find it hard to believe. They may just go with, like, a six-man rotation for a, a week or something because one of those guys is going to get hurt eventually. And then the other thing I'll say is in points leagues, I'd actually put Sharino's first because he is a spark.
0: Okay, and uh, Pavetta is the only one we have currently listed as a two-star pitcher, but I guess we'll try to sort that out tomorrow. Pavetta's Pavetta is at Atlanta and home against the Pirates. And I think we should really review the trendy starting pitchers. And, you know, because I'm getting a lot of questions specifically right now about Casey and comparing him to some of the guys that, that have been picked up. So, all right, I think I got like ten names. Ronaldo, yeah, that's a lot. That's Ronaldo a lot. Lopez, Jake Junis, Sean Manaya, Tyler Skaggs, Joey Lucchese, Zach Wheeler, Nick Pavetta, Throw Yanni Torinos in there, Sean Newcomb, Mike Fultonevich, Jake Odorizzi, Ian Kennedy.
1: Who are your favorites? Um, the first one is the easiest, I think. Um, well, Newcomb and Mania okay. are the two guys at the top, and then it gets really, really like with Reynaldo Lopez, Joey Lucchesi, Jake Junis. Those guys are all right in the same range, and it could really be as simple as what does their next start look like.
0: Yeah, could be a little interchangeable, but Manaya and Newcomb, you said, are at the top there.
1: Absolutely, yes. And I, I think there's a better chance that Manaya just has a good season than any of these guys, but Newcomb has the most upside.
0: Yeah, Manaya can he be a very good pitcher without a great strikeout rate? It doesn't seem, based on his career, based on so far this year, it doesn't seem like you're going to get that from him.
1: You said very good, and yes, I think he could be a very good pitcher. I also think that's probably the ceiling, if that makes sense. Like I don't, I don't think he can be a top fifteen starting pitcher, right? But top thirty, sure.
0: I just got to say, with with Newcomb, for me, I think it's just sort of a philosophy that I've built. Built, I don't know, that's a stupid word for it. Philosophy that I have with guys that have really sketchy control, I really need to see it for. An extended period of time before I fully buy it.
1: That basically, though, means you're just with those types of guys not going to pursue them midseason because if Sean Newcomb shows it for a month, good control, he might be viewed as a top 25 starting pitcher, and you're not your opportunity to to, to attain him is pretty much gone.
0: That's probably true, and I do want I do want to obtain Sean Newcomb, but there are I just gave like 10 pitchers, not that he'd be 10th, but I. I don't know. Maybe that means I'd go Ronaldo Lopez over him or Tyler Skaggs.
1: But Ronaldo Lopez just walked five in his last out. I know,
0: but like we said, Lopez does not have a history of control issues, and Newcomb does. I, I mean, I okay, maybe I should dig in a little further into uh Ronaldo Lopez's control, but he walked 14 and 47 and two-thirds of last year, which is pretty good. I, I think he's got Newcomb beat there. I don't care about his last start. Uh, You know, if he does it again, okay, but look look everybody on this list it's not it's not like they you can't say something negative about all of them so it's oh, it, for sure it's yeah, nipping, you know
1: yeah half of this list could be or and even more of than half of this list could be just completely irrelevant a month from now okay
0: but nukumem and i at the top and then the rest so if you had to go with a third guy lopez skags Lucchese, um faulty
1: uh, don't forget Jake Junis. Junis, it's Junis. Junis. The, next, the next tier for me of these guys would be Lopez, Junis, and Lucchese. And I would take Lopez just because of the pedigree. But it, it's an, if you were someone looking at this without thinking about that, I think he'd probably be third on the list.
0: Where would you put Scott White in those rankings?
1: Um, I would definitely put Scott White towards the top of the list. I think he really has good stuff. That's not the direction I thought you were going to go with that. The, the, problem, the problem, the only problem with Scott White is the timing of his release. And if you can get <laughs> the timing right, then uh, yeah, I mean, he could be unhittable. Yeah.
0: Hey, yeah. Scott White. Scott White does not want to be ahead of Sean Newcomb. We know that he wants to be teammates with Sean Newcomb. Wants to be a brave. What's up, buddy?
2: Hey, Adam. Hey, Heath. How's hey. it going? It's going you well. Guys, uh, what do you
1: guys talked about so far? Zach Everything. Wheeler, Nick Pavetta, but just
0: pitchers. Just
1: thuggish Tyler Austin that Scott will not denounce.
0: So. Oh, right. Yeah. So, so Tyler, I did see the, the punch. I wonder if he was trying to punch him in the face or if he was just randomly throwing a punch and it landed on the first, third base. Okay. First base when you throw hand.
1: a Superman punch and hit somebody like that, you don't get the, I wonder, oh, maybe it was an accident.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, listen, I know it was, what well, was an accident it was how, how, bad of a team I took in in the draft app yesterday. I was so sure that Alex Wood was going to have a good start, so I made him my starting pitcher. Joey Votto was fine. Corey Seager was not. Joanna Cespedes was not. and Mookie Betts went 1 for 5. I finished last. I finished so far in last. So the best part about the draft app, I've told you about the draft app and or draft.com. In addition to being able to get into a free a game for free when you use the promo code FB today. Here's the best part. If you follow me, Big Kane 2 I am doing drafts almost every day with listeners and I'm going to start probably doing more than one per day. Big Kane 2 is my username. If you follow me and enter the draft that I post, just get your notifications sent to you, it'll tell you when I post a draft. You will probably take my money. Because I have been so bad on the draft app. But we only play for a dollar a day. It's no big deal. It's really fun. I actually won a couple days ago. So I won $4.50 to make up for some of my losing. And I really love playing on the draft app. You do a snake draft every single day. It's super fun. And for a limited time, all of our listeners can get a free entry into a real money baseball draft. When you make your first deposit, use the promo code FB today. That's right, a real money game for free. Use the promo code FB today when you make your first deposit. Download the Draft app or go to Draft.com. It really is awesome. It's really fun. I promise you're going to like it. Use the promo code FB today. I'm getting a lot of people playing too, so I think uh, everybody's kind of getting the message. All right, got the big news, and then we'll get into some trade talk. Elvis Andrews has a fractured elbow. Very, very upsetting. So Bogarts is out a couple weeks, whatever. This is going to be longer. I think we need to approach it from two perspectives, guys. We need we need shortstop replacements and steals replacements. So, what do, <laughs> what do the uh, Andrews owners do? And 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 maybe look, we don't. Maybe it's six weeks. I don't know. Rough estimate. Maybe you make a trade. Maybe you make a a buy low trade for a shortstop or something like that.
2: I'm definitely going to have to do something because I have a lot of shares in Elvis Andrews. Uh, usually when we talk about waiver wire pickups, we talk about 80% or less. So pulling up the old roster trends, most-owned shortstops. I mean, Janjervis Hervis is 79% owned, so he's probably not available. Marcus Simeon, 70% owned. Uh, he's he's somebody who I thought was undervalued on draft day, but he's already getting a lot of attention. I think as Drupal Cabrera, 56% owned, owned with the kind of start he's off to, a guy who makes a lot of contact,
1: decent pop. That looks like an attractive pickup to me. Yeah, if you're looking for a guy that's uh less owned and is a steal source, hopefully, Jose Peraza has been hitting towards the top of the lineup. I don't know how much longer that will last if he doesn't start also hitting, but uh I think Peraza hit a double last night. He's 30% owned and could absolutely steal a bunch of bases.
2: Ahmed Rosario, he hasn't really run yet, but there's some base stealing potential there. I think like the upside for Rosario is similar to Elvis Andrews, but obviously upside, uh, he hasn't really shown. He's close to meeting that. It gets really ugly beyond those three. Honestly, there's Brandon Crawford at 25%. He at least plays every day. Uh, Freddie Galvis
1: at 22%. Like, this is not a position where you want to lose a player. Uh, if you're just looking for steal sources and... Can slot them somewhere else. Malik Smith is a guy I wrote about a couple days ago in the waiver wire. They started off with five games in like their first nine against left-handed starters, and so he didn't play near as regularly as they plan on. He's expected to play against righties. He's 19% owned, and he has enough upside that if he actually hit just a little bit, he might play a little bit more than that. And then I think Gerard Dyson has led off the last two days for the Diamondbacks, Mm -hmm. and so he could be. He's probably less than 15% owned.
0: Yeah, so you mentioned Malik Smith. I was curious to see if he was going to play with Kiermaier back in the lineup, and he did play uh, yesterday. So, like you said, he'll play against righties. Um, Peraza also did steal a base yesterday, so, yeah, good, good call there. Uh, this stinks, no question. Here's what I'm going to do, and, and I'm going to ask you guys for for one of each, a buy low, a sell high, a buy high, and, and someone you're worried about. But my sell high, and this is what I would do if I owned this guy, I would go to the... Um, to the Elvis Andrews owner, and I would offer him Angelton Simmons. And I might get some pushback from you guys, but I'm not a Simmons guy. La- right now, he's the number three shortstop in fantasy. He is basically just singling. He's got a 345 batting average, one homer, two doubles. I know he's gonna have a great walk to strikeout ratio. He doesn't strike out, and he's okay in points leagues. Um, yeah. But Simmons. That's,
2: that's honestly what I think the Elvis Andrews, if the Elvis Andrews owner is going to make a trade in a points league, I think Simmons is a good candidate to for him to pursue because he's not he's not this highly regarded player. He's probably somebody who just got picked up off the waiver wire because he's off to a hot start. Like You're not going to have to pay a lot to get him in all likelihood. Now, you were looking at it from the other perspective, the Simmons owner trading to the Andrews owner, and sure, you can pursue this lopsided deal, but I think from the Andrews owner's perspective, you probably don't have to make that to get your hands on Simmons in a points league. Now,
0: in a roto league, I, I don't know. In a want roto
2: league. This is, you know, this is actually my buy high guy. Uh, oh. So maybe I will hold right. off on that till we get to that.
0: Alright, alright. I look forward to squaring off, uh, about Angelton Simmons.
2: Alright. No, right. no, 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 no. The The roto, the guy I would trade for as the Andrews owner oh. in roto league is my buy high guy. Right, yeah, not look, look, not hit, Simmons.
0: Hit me with it now. Who, who's your buy high that you'd look for? Uh, Tim Anderson. Okay. Oh, okay, okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I see the
0: similarities there, yeah.
2: Yeah, because he's, uh, as I've said before, stolen bases are a matter of intent, largely. He has said he has the confidence to run now, and he's going to keep doing it, 6-for-6 for for steals. And it was a total surprise, because 9 of his 15 steals last season came in September. So that's really where this started for Anderson. But now that he's doing it, I don't know why he'd stop. I think he's going to be... At least a 40 steal guy this year, and uh, I don't love him for points leagues because he never walks, but for roto leagues, that's he he may be he may give you more of what you wanted from Andrews anyway.
0: By the way, if you're in a deep league and you need a shortstop, and Profar is definitely staying in the lineup for a while. So I don't know how good he's going to be, but I'm sure you you could be kind of desperate. Profar is uh, pretty available. A. Uh, e. Eugenio Suarez could be back in less than a month. David Price might not miss a start after having issues with his hand last night. So he was just having issues, you know, with feeling in his hand. And he had a terrible start, uh, but he also wasn't throwing very hard. His velocity was down. Can we give yeah,
2: him— a- He says it was the cold weather. It was like 42 degrees. Yeah, it wasn't that cool. That's what he says.
0: Can we give him a pass? Can we give David Price a pass?
1: I mean, you have to, right? What are you yeah. going to do? Yeah, you can't do anything about this. and I. Like the whole numbness in the hand thing sounds kind of bad. And if it's yeah. just the cold, that's good. But I remember, uh, it's like three years ago, I think it was Ronald Ventura had that one start and he was out there shaking his hand because he couldn't feel it and he was fine like two days later. So
2: yeah, I mean, the, the first thought I have when I hear sensation in hand is thoracic outlet syndrome, but he says it's the cold weather. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt for now because there's really no upside to not doing that.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, no one Arenado going to get suspended for sure. We will wait on that. Jordan Zimmerman, thank goodness, is okay after being hit in the jaw by a comebacker. And, you know, I don't know if this qualifies as big news, but I think it kind of does. Michael Conforto sat against the lefty again, and that's a little annoying. And also, Adrian Gonzalez sat against the lefty, which I only bring up because, you know, they could move Jay Bruce to first base and keep Conforto in the lineup. But no, they put Wilmer Flores in the lineup, for, and Jay Bruce was in there against the lefty. Uh So... I think that's both lefties that the Marlins have, uh, actually, actually I think two out of three he's sat. Uh, they face faced a lot of lefties since he's come back. Not 100% on that, but, but look, it's, it's not great. Uh, right? I mean, am I overreacting here?
2: That was one of my concerns about, um, going hog wild, moving Conforto up my rankings is not a natural center fielder, struggles against lefties, wasn't Quite an everyday player before he got hurt last year, and it seems like that's happening again. I know, um, and, and with the Wilmer Flores thing, uh, Mickey Callaway has said he he needs to play Flores more than the old regime played him. So that I think is going to continue. I wouldn't count on seeing Bruce much at first base. He was terrible there last year, anyway. Okay.
0: All right. Let's uh, let's talk trade. One of each. Buy low, sell high. Buy high which I could not think of, and someone you're actually worried about. I might just steal Scott's buy-high. Tim Anderson's buy-high, great. But first, <laughs> buy-low. Who are you buying low on, Heath Cummings?
1: I'll go with Carlos Santana. I think you talked about it a couple of times, about how he's a notorious slow starter. Um, a lot of this is just not really his fault. He's got a 118 BABIP. The ISO 225 is fine. Strikeout rate, barely striking out more than he's walking. I think everything is perfectly fine with Carlos Santana, and, uh, he was a little bit undervalued during draft season, so I can imagine that the Santana owner may not be thrilled right now.
0: Question, follow up on that, because I was gonna, I was almost, I almost put him down, Santana. Uh, is now the time to buy low on Santana, or should you wait like a month? Because he, I mean, he really gets off to such bad starts. Usually
1: it's I, yeah, like two months. Yeah, I have a hard, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I wouldn't want to just try to time it right. I know that now is a good opportunity. He's hitting 150. I expect anytime now. Okay. So I, I would do it now. This
2: right. is crazy, too. I was, I was looking at this uh, the other day. Uh, just, you know, the top players at every position. And I was looking at points league specifically, which is, of course, Carlos Santana's better format. As bad of a start as Carlos Santana's off to, I think. I'm double-checking here. Yeah, he's still a top 10 first-base wow. points leagues.
0: Really?
2: Wow, really? Yeah, which is, you know, part part of what makes him so special. Like, even when he's hitting awful, he's getting on base enough to make a worthwhile contribution.
0: Is it worth buying low on Carlos Santana in a categories league or a roto league?
2: You're buying lower, but, yeah, I mean, he's going to be a lot better than this.
0: Right, it's just, is he yep. going to even be worth starting, you know? He's kind yeah. of borderline.
2: Well, I mean, maybe not... A head-to-head categories league with the standard Head-to-head lineup, but when you get into corner infielders And, you know, all those right. Extra hitters starting in a Roto league like, Yeah, I, yeah. Last for year, most of the season You'll consider a must-start
0: Last year, Santana was the number seven first baseman in points Number 16 in Roto, so he is, as we Always mention, A, a slow starter But B, also a guy whose value is Arguably the most different in points Versus Roto. Scott, your by-low candidate, please
2: Similar to Carlos Santana um, And by the way, there's like a ton of pitchers I could choose for this category. You but went with Matt Carpenter. I feel, Carpenter. Like, you went with I feel Matt like we talked about you? the pitchers a lot. Yeah, I went with Matt Carpenter. <laughs> uh, good good call there. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like part of the reason I'm choosing him is because I feel like you actually can buy low on him. He was kind of going later than he should in drafts anyway. Didn't seem to have uh, a lot of buzz, a lot of believers anymore. But um, first of all, he has a bad of 200. He's walking a ton. He's uh, His batted ball profile supports a high BABIP again, which is something he said he wanted to get back to doing. Um, and I, I still look at the spring he had with the big production there. He's gained third base eligibility since the season started. Second base is just around the corner. He looks like a guy whose value could skyrocket once he puts together a hot streak.
0: Carpenter and Santana, they're like the same player. I mean, they're both much better in points. I think Carpenter in the past has shown us a little bit more versatile of a skill set and that he could be a little bit more valuable in categories than Santana would be. But yeah. I mean, are they basically the same? Like they're, they're like must starts in points leagues. And I would kinda... say the
2: Carp- Carpenter from the last two years is, but I think there's a chance Carpenter gets back to being a 300 hitter as he has said he Intends to do. He's made some changes to his approach to get back to that.
0: Okay, so Carlos Santana, Matt Carpenter. Um, by the way, Carpenter, yesterday was the first game all season. He did not reach base safely. And I don't know how many players have reached base safely in every game, but I do know that Marcus Simeon is actually one of them, which is a little surprising. His numbers aren't that good. Uh, my bylaw is Ioannis Cespedes. He is in a really bad slump. He's been dealing with an illness. It's led to a ton of strikeouts. Uh and in his last five games, he's batting 087 with one walk, 11 strikeouts. But as much of a power hitter as he is, uh, over his last three seasons, his 162-game pace is 287 with 37 homers and 102 RBIs. He has, a, you know, for a guy like that, a pretty good, like a one-to-two walk-to-strikeout ratio. So I just think the illness is dragging his numbers down, and I'm still in on Cespedes. I still think he's a great hitter. You guys any beef with that? No. Okay. So high. So I, I said Angelson Simmons just because I don't think he's that good. He's usually a guy with an OPS under 700. And, you know, he had like a great 70 game stretch last year. He had a, he was terrible the rest of the way, whatever. I, I don't really think he's that good, but you guys can feel free to disagree or just tell me who you're selling high on, Heath Cummings.
1: Yeah, it's another shortstop that I think you could probably get more for based on the responses that I've gotten on social media. And that's Dansby Swanson. He is statistically off to a really hot start. 348, 375, 565 slug. I I don't really believe it at all. Um, he is hitting the ball in the air more. He has just a 34% ground ball rate this year and he's been a 46, 47% ground ball rate for his career. So that's, that's a positive, except that he's got a 22% hard contact rate hitting the ball in the air a lot with that type of hard contact rate, does not generally uh, result in good things. But as of right now, he's got a 429 BABIP, so the average is awesome. I just, what I see when that regression happens is maybe a good average, but there's not pop, he's not running, and he's not hitting in the right part of the order for good run production.
0: Dansby Swanson is 57% owned. He has five doubles, which is nice. He has one home run, one triple. His home run, his triple, and one of his five doubles all came at Coors Field. So also something to keep in mind with Swanson. Scott, so high on?
2: I'm going to go with Eric Thames.
0: Oh, Thames, watch. You over it again.
2: <laughs> yeah. And it's mostly just because I we've seen this before. Um, part of it's also – the playing time crunch. Although Braun hasn't played first base since the second game of the season, he started the first two games there and none since. Uh, still, even they also have Jesus Ale- Ag- um, uh, Aguilar. Yeah, Aguilar, yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> Jesus Aguilar. I was thinking Aguilar. That's not right. Um, <laughs> yeah, they also have him, who spells themes against tough lefties sometimes. So there is a playing time concern there. The thing is, I mean, if you look at if you look at what Thames is doing on batted balls, it looks very impressive. He's hitting the vault ball very, very hard. But the same was true all of last year too, and he only got one good month out of it. One month where we cared to use him in fantasy. So I'm reluctant to buy into him because of, um, despite an early season power surge. But I think there's plenty of people who would be more willing to buy into him.
0: All right, time for the buy high. Somebody that's off to a good start. Somebody might try to sell this person, say, hey, here you go, take him. I, he, he's a sell high. You're saying, no, he's actually good. He's a buy high. I didn't really have anybody, but I'll just say Patrick Corbin. We all think he's he's good, right?
1: Yeah, that's a good one. Okay. I'll say another starting pitcher. I'll say Garrett Cole. I moved him into my top ten in my starter pitch, starting pitcher rankings. He is tenth, and uh I, I'm buying it. Yep, that's another good one. Adam, we
2: bought high together.
0: Who do we buy high on?
2: Jamison Tyone. Oh,
0: Jamison Tyone.
2: And you're the and you're the one who was, you know, pushing for it. So I figured you could just yeah. pick him. I, I don't hate. know
0: why I, I was really so hitter focused with this segment. Uh I think it is because we've talked so much about pitchers. Yeah, I'm I'm in on Tyone for sure. And Corbin. I don't want to give up too much because you never you know, it's only been a few starts, but I think these guys are gonna be pretty reliable this year.
2: Like, I could see buying high on Otani. But I could also see selling high on Otani. It just depends what kind of offers you're getting. And I've seen on Twitter some ridiculous offers for Otani that you absolutely have to oh, take. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And some that look pretty good. So it's it's hard for me to classify him as anything. But he is a guy who's moved up a lot in my rankings. So in theory, he could be a buy high.
0: And the other thing that I should say is that I've seen emails, tweets with a bunch of trades like Joey Votto. People are getting dirt cheap right now. Uh, That's I, insane. I saw a trade go down in one of my leagues last night that, you know, if I had offered it, people would be up in arms like, Oh, you idiot with this Azer trade. Uh, I'll look it up. It it was such a bad trade. Um, and I'll tell you what it was. But you can do this. Like, you can make these types of trades, which is why I bring them up because you're not playing with fantasy experts. So I don't think any of the really early players are concerning us. I just want to get that out there. Yes, buy low on Joey Vado. Yes, buy low on George Springer. Um you know I I don't know that we're really downgrading any of the studs that are struggling right now so even though we left them off the official buy low sell high discussion you know they're part of it the trade the trade was Adam Wainwright and Carlos Gomez for Michael Brantley I was so pissed off when I saw that <laughs> ridiculous
2: in what kind of league
0: 13 team roto league just an awful awful trade
1: yeah okay 13 team roto i like that
0: yeah Someone you're actually worried about. You're
2: actually worried about who? The other Anderson. Not Tim, but Chase. I'm worried about Chase Anderson, who's actually off to a pretty good start in terms of run prevention. But the key to his breakout last year was just he started throwing the ball a lot harder. And he's back to status quo, back to pre-2017 levels with that now. And he's really not missing bats like he did a year ago. So I kind of feel like it's just, I, you know, I guess he's gotten a little bit lucky these first three starts. Um, that would be the, uh, I guess the generous way to describe it. And I don't know, look, I don't know that he's going to be a disaster, but I don't think he's going to be who he was last year. And I don't think he's going to be what he paid, you paid for him to be. I think he's going to be pretty fringy unless he can get that velocity back up.
0: Well, it's interesting because I I have gotten a lot of, hey, should I drop Chase Anderson for pitcher of the day questions. I really struggle with that one. I'm typically saying no. But who of those trendy starting pitchers, if they were out there, would you drop Chase Anderson for?
2: I'm not sure. I'm not sure I would, to be honest. I would for Newcomb. Okay. I want to see another good start like that from Newcomb before I can move him up that high in my rankings. These... Yeah, they're all below Chase Anderson in my ranking still, which kind of kind of says something about this entire exercise. Even the player who I'm legitimately worried about, I only feel like I can drop him so far when we're talking about three starts into the season. But it's you know, okay. This, this because, is 10% of his season, Yeah, it's,
0: a, it's all right because I think it's important to I, – I called it pre-worried, like we're worried about getting worried about someone. And, yeah. you know, maybe – Chase Anderson has a bad start, Joey Lucchesi is another good one and and before somebody's able to listen to our podcast the next day where I specifically ask would you drop this guy for this guy Well, now you're arming them with the information they need to to go out go out and make that decision.
2: The other thing is this is just a format shallow like if you're if Chase Anderson is honestly your worst player, the first one you drop. This is a much shallower format than I'm used to playing in, right. you know? Right. Um and maybe if it's that shallow There's going to be players like Chase Anderson getting turned over on the waiver wire all the time, so you don't need to be so protective of him. I think that's exactly right. Yeah.
0: Heath, go for it. Uh, Someone you're actually worried about.
1: Um, I had a name, and then I started thinking about Chase Anderson and looking up (laughs) Sean Newcomb, and I told "Well, Give me yours first, Adam. I'd like to hear yours. I want to know what you are thinking.
0: It's fairly hot. Chris Taylor. I am worried about Chris Taylor. I, I was worried about all the players who didn't have track records and surprised us. Uh, Chris Taylor is batting 208. He has one walk to 12 strikeouts. So I'm certainly not dropping Chris Taylor yet, but I am pre-dropping him. <laughs> I am, you know, I am uh, maybe a month away from dropping Chris Taylor and a little bit worried about that, that spot on my
1: roster. I think that's fair. I'm not going to comment on Chris Taylor though because I don't want to forget this player's name again. I think there's reason to be worried about Robbie Ray.
0: Ooh, okay. Yeah. Really um, with it.
1: And part of it is that the things that I we expected to regress, his BABIP which was 267 last year has bounced back up to 303. His strand rate, which was like he's had some bad sequencing luck this just so far where he gives up three runs but they're all in the same inning, but his strand rate last year was 85%, it's back down to 72, which is what his career norm is. His If you look at his peripherals right now, the Sierra will make you feel the best, and it's a 370 Sierra, which is pretty close to in line with 2016 and 2017, and pretty close to in line with about where I'd expect his ERA to eventually settle. That's not good enough for where he was being drafted.
2: Well, I mean, isn't that like a Chris Archer? That would be like a good Chris Archer ERA and they have similar strikeout rates. And Archer's probably gonna throw fifty more innings.
1: Maybe. I mean, but based Maybe. on all but, past but evidence. There's a good chance he'll have an ERA half run higher, too. Well, the thing the other reason I think people will be more worried about Robbie Ray is we've just seen this in 2016. Yeah. When he did not he look like he got unlucky. I would say I argued that he did get unlucky. But we know that's it within the range of possibilities when you walk guys like he does to have a, an ERA that's just not even useful. Here's here's my Robbie Ray take, and you knew one was coming. So here
2: it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like Chris said with Blake Snell yesterday, you know Robbie Ray isn't going to have a walk rate of 6.3 per nine all season. That's ridiculous. Now, sure. he's going to have three start stretches where he has a walk rate of 6.3 per, per nine, sure. Um, but that's not really something that like the Robbie Ray we've seen so far is not the Robbie Ray we're going to see all season I think that's without question the other concern that's been raised about Robbie Ray is the velocities down a couple miles per hour and maybe that's a big deal maybe it's not maybe he gets it back I don't know but I feel like it's not as big of a concern as somebody like Anderson because Robbie Ray, at least looking at on Baseball Reference, his swinging strike rate is exactly the same as it was a year ago. So the way that's playing out, it's not like he's getting beaten into submission right. and not missing bats anymore. He's just walking a lot of guys. That's Which, why he struggled.
1: He, he's always walked a lot of
2: guys. Yes, but not six point three per
1: nine. No, innings. it'll probably drop down to four. Right at, at worst.
0: I, I, you know, I don't know where I. I see both arguments. They're both good arguments. Um in two thousand sixteen he had a five thirty six ERA at home and a four fifty ERA on the road. He wasn't really usable either place, but I I do think he's a guy they're all gonna be helped by the humidor, because it does seem like the humidor is going to make an impact. But uh yeah, I mean this is the thing. I just said it earlier about Sean Newcomb, like control guys with bad control scare me. And uh that's probably why I didn't draft Robbie Ray, but I also didn't uh, it's not like I felt like super strong conviction either way. I think it's because you both were you were so polarized on on Robbie Ray and you both made really good arguments. So what what, what I tweeted happens. about
2: Robbie Ray yesterday and it, you know, again the Chris Archer comparison cuz that's, you know, that I've had them back to back in my rankings this whole time. They're both very annoying to own, but at their best, they're good enough to make up for it. And I feel like we haven't seen the best anywhere close to the best from either of them this year. So I would consider both of them by lows.
0: Who was the other one, Ray and who? Archer. Okay. Uh, Yes, just obviously we all agree we're sitting Archer in every road start. LOL. JK, LOL. All right, guys. uh, I have a bonus. Sell high. I think it's very interesting. Another hot take. I'm bringing it today. But first, here's something even hotter. Look, every business needs great people and a better way to find them. Something better than just posting your job online and praying for the right people to see it. ZipRecruiter is going to make that happen for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. So ZipRecruiter is a website that goes out and does this for you, gets the right candidates for you. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. That is one hell of a turnaround. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you're going to find them. And your business is like your fantasy team, right? Right. You need to get the right people on your team. You use us for fantasy advice. You need to use ZipRecruiter to get people for the job openings at your company. And the website that you want to go to is ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. This will let you try it for free. Big business, small business, doesn't matter. Our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. One more time, everybody. ZipRecruiter.com. Slash strike. Zip recruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, here we go. Bonus sell high with a question mark. Ozzie Albies. Really excited about Albies. Off to a good start. He's batting 278. he He's got four homers. He has one steal and two attempts. Five doubles and a triple. He's got a nine twenty-one OPS. Ozzie Albies also has no walks and 11 strikeouts, which is weird because his plate discipline was very, very good for a rookie last year. Um... Now, why am I calling him a sell-high? Well, the no-walks-11 strikeouts, that hurts. But also, two home runs and two doubles in three games at Colorado. and They will not be in Colorado for the rest of the season. So, emphasizing the word high, should you look <laughs> to sell Ozzie Albies, or are you afraid that you'd be giving up one of the true breakout players and that would be a huge mistake?
2: Uh, for me, it's the latter. I wish he had walked by now. I wish he had more stolen bases. But it's still early, and he's doing some things well. You know, his soft contact percentage is actually lower than it was last year. It's pretty darn low, generally speaking, in fact. And the strikeouts, they're up from last year, but they're still low compared to the league as a whole. So, I yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of the things we expect Albies to do, he hasn't done yet, and yet look
1: where he ranks among second basemen. That's kind of the way I've been approaching it. Yeah, I I would have a difficulty just looking at the second base rankings. I haven't moved him up. Um so I like I would definitely if somebody was worried about Jose Ramirez trade Ozzy Albies for Jose Ramirez. Okay. I Sure. Like Robinson Cano is often extremely hot start. And I think he's a better sell high than Albies is. So I wouldn't do that. I don't think I don't think I wouldn't trade him for Witt or D Gordon and points. Daniel Murphy, it's hard to trade for. So I, I'd have a hard time seeing what I was going to do with that.
0: I think I might try to trade Albies in the one league I own him to the Andrews owner and see if – And so this is a weird league because you don't have to specifically start. You just have to start infielders. But, you know, it, it could still work because, you know, people think – probably expect the same amount of steals from Albies and Andrews, right? Or, or close, close enough. Um, middle infielders. So maybe try to trade him and get something huge in return. But it would have to be huge. It would have to be huge.
2: Yeah, I mean, where where is the Albies owner did you draft him? In the 12-team leagues, the you know the later drafts we were doing, I feel like it was round eight yep. or so is where you had to take him, right? mm mm-hmm. So if you're selling high, obviously the assumption is you're going to get somebody who was drafted earlier than round eight. I feel like it would have to be somebody drafted in the first five rounds. Agreed. At least.
0: Yes, agreed. Okay, thank you for this Ozzy Albies discussion. Uh, let's talk about the bullpen. Three guys got saves yesterday. More than three, but these three were interesting. Keenan Middleton. It was an inning and two-thirds save. Uh, Matt Albers and Nate Jones. Keenan Middleton, Matt Albers and Nate Jones. What's the most significant one there?
2: Middleton. Yeah, I think, I think so. It was weird that it was five outs. It was weird that Blake Parker didn't pitch at all. It was also weird that uh, he gave up a run, right? So it wasn't a clean five outs. Right. But uh, it certainly looked like he was Socha's preferred bullpen option, as as it's looked for a while now. His last four appearances now have included the ninth inning, and I think none of Blake Parker's last four have been in the ninth inning. So that's, I mean, (laughs) we're talking about four consecutive appearances for each of them. That's
1: pretty telling. I, yeah, I would rank it Middleton, then Albers, who I think is clearly the guy until Knables back, and then Nate Jones. Like I was in Al-
2: Albers' corner from the beginning when most of the world was going Barnes. You both but were. No, I don't know, I don't know you how you were. can. I don't know how you can say it's clear. Like it, he gave up a run too. It wasn't clean. Um, uh,
0: he did. He gave up an inherited run.
2: No, he gave up his own run.
0: He did. I have. I am Albers- not showing that he did. No, Scott, he gave up two hits, but he did not give up a run. Okay. Josh My Hader bad. gave up so now, a run.
1: So now you see. Hader <laughs> gave up I a home say. run. Well, it's clear. It,
2: still, it still was pretty shaky. Two hits in, um, what was it? Was it a one-run one run game?
0: Two, th- Yes. So Hader yeah. pitched the first batter of the ninth and gave up a home run. Or he, he got an out in the ninth, but he also gave up a solo home run. And then Albers came in and shut the door, but he did give And up it wasn't two even singles. a full
2: inning. He gave up, he got, gave up as many base runners as he got out. So I don't know that that. I think has, you're,
0: I think you're nitpicking a little bit. Like, Amway, well, the I thing so. is,
1: he's given up one run all year. Like, he's bringing, he's bringing Craig Council anxiety with that he's, inning. He struck out six batters and walked one. I don't
0: you get the sense. got the save sense, opportunity. I don't get the yeah. sense that I, either of them is going to get every save chance.
2: Sure. I, one do, of them will eventually. I mean, Craig Council basically said, we're gonna see where it goes, but eventually I'm gonna settle on a guy. Well
0: then it's gonna be um, Albers. <laughs>
2: I'm just I'm just the way I yes, I think Albers is the favorite for saves in Milwaukee right now. I would not feel comfortable dropping Barnes yet because nobody's really take the job and run with it.
0: Okay. Uh Hector Neris blew a save, Arotus Vascainu blew a save, Fernando Rodney blew a save, and Greg Holland pitched in a non save situation in a scoreless inning with a walk and no strikeouts. Anything major here? Any potentially major Hector Neris, Vizcaino for Fernando Rodney, Greg Holland.
2: Um, AJ Minter struck out the side in that game, and he had only had one strikeout all season, which was kind of worrisome. But he struck out the side in a perfect inning in this game, and yeah, I mean Vizcaino has been pretty shaky so far. I still think that transition is going to happen sooner than later,
1: though I don't think this is going to be the impetus for it. Yeah, I think Naris may be in the most trouble because even after his first appearance, which was terrible, he said, we're not really sure we're going to have a set closer. And then he blows his second save opportunity. He's given up, uh, had a couple of bad performances already. I'd be the most worried about Naris.
2: You know, what's really saving him though is that I believe, and I'm going to confirm it here, especially since I just got something wrong. Uh, I believe that Tommy Hunter and Pat ne- Nishek are both on the DL. Yes. So they're, they're, Perspective alternatives are both on the DL.
0: Yeah, but that, those are not bad long-term stashes. I don't know. I mean, they, I, they're both pretty good. They're both probably better than Neris. Uh, so I think a lot of people are already stashing Minter. A lot of people are stashing, I don't know if a lot of people are, but should be stashing Addison Reed. Cause Rodney's gonna lose that job by May 1st, if, as you recall, <laughs> I predicted. Um, Alright, let's sure. move on here. We have a lot to get to. Fun show so far, but I need to talk about those starting pitchers, and we need to talk about the Double Dongs. Javier Baez, two more homers. Max Kepler, two homers. Kurt Suzuki, two homers. Gary Sanchez, two homers. He entered the game two for 36, Gary Sanchez. Uh, I I think Baez, obviously, is the lead here. Scott, how you feeling about Javi Baez? 90% owned, 70% started. Really had done nothing until two days ago. Now he has four home runs on the year.
2: I'm starting to get kind of excited about Javier Baez, if you can believe it. If you can believe it, I I am. (laughs) Uh, Because one thing we forget about Javier Baez, he's only 25. He had a 37 homer season in the minors once. I mean, he was considered an elite power prospect when he first got called up, and it hasn't exactly played out that way. But uh, tons of bat speed and actualized bat speed in the minors. So far this year, he's doing everything you want to see from a hitter. Um, if you're hoping that a hitter will improve, he is, his hard contact rate is up, his pull percentage is up, his fly ball percentage is up, his line drive percentage is up, like everything, everything that we get excited about for a hitter, Baez is doing walk rates up, strikeout rates down, everything. So, I mean, it's early, obviously, and, and, you know, over the next two weeks, those numbers could totally normalize, um, but they could not also. Like, probably it's not going to happen, but this won't be brought by as breakout season, but it doesn't take much imagination to see it.
0: I think the next step, if you work for Fangraphs or any of these, your baseball reference, any of these sites, you really like get on this. Okay, get your developers to listen to this clip of the podcast. What you have to do is let us do date ranges and find all these advanced stats. Because I would love to know what his batted ball data was three days ago, and how much the hard contact rate has gone up over the last two days. I
1: can tell you what it was three days ago. Ooh. Yeah, I think. I oh, think you, you can, can do, do this. I think you can do it. It's just clumsy. So you want to go with the eighth of April? Sure.
0: Oh, okay. You're doing this now. Um yeah. while, while you do that, <laughs> it's gotta take
1: a few minutes. I, I, I can't do it That's, instantly in my it's, head. It's not like baseball reference where you click on one date and, and click <laughs> on the other and boom, there's the. That's data. it. I've got it now. Okay, okay. What do you got? So on April 8th, he had a 40% hard contact rate.
2: He Very had good. only a, <laughs>
1: he had a 20% soft contact rate. That's good, right? This is good stuff. He had a zero percent home run to fly ball rate. Had we looked at his batted ball data, then we would have said, Javi Baez is going to hit some home runs. This and is important.
0: All right. So we'll wait and see where it goes. Um, real quick, guys, anything on Kepler, Suzuki, or Sanchez?
2: Kepler's really elevating the ball like never before, too. Um, you know, I haven't seen anything him say anything about that being something he's tried to do, but if you look at his batted ball profile this season, it looks very much like a Jay Bruce profile, and uh, he has the homers to back it up, so... You know very early again, but you could at least see how maybe there is a transformation happening here. And by the way, he was in my top ten sleeper hitters for this week.
0: Would you rather have Kepler or mm, Matt Kemp, who's actually pretty hot right now?
2: I'll stay with Kemp. I think I had, I think I'm staying with Kepler, and I think I had Kepler higher to begin with.
0: Okay, these guys are owned in less than fifty percent of leagues. Kepler or Dexter Fowler?
2: I will stick with Fowler in a points league, but maybe take a chance on Kepler and Roto. I think I'll take Fowler on both.
0: Okay. Uh We had the fames watch. Well, Scott kind of ruined the fames watch, called him so sell high. So thanks for ruining the segment. Let's do the Davidson Sorry. watch. <laughs> the Davidson watch. Matt Davidson homered. He's got five. And he's got nine walks, 14 Ks. This is a guy who was like one walk every 10 strikeouts last year.
2: Yeah, how many walks did he have total last year? 16? Six, I think so, right around there.
1: <laughs> so he's more than halfway there. And, and I'll just, again, say that he was always a good walk guy in the minors. Yeah, he was. He, he yeah. had, uh, little, little more than a half a season where he didn't walk. But, uh, that looks like it's changed. Yeah, I mean, that'll be a game changer if he sustains it. And we've seen and guys
2: have big walk months before and not sustain it. So it's, it's too early to say. But I'm more open-minded to Tim Anderson when I, uh, than I was when, or sorry. What, not Tim Anderson. Matt Davidson. Matt Davidson, the yeah. other White Sox who homered multiple times on opening day. When Matt Davidson homered three times on opening day, I'm more open-minded to him now than I was then.
0: All right, I'm going to do the news. and I feel like such a failure. I'll tell you why in a moment. Trey Mancini day today hit by a pitch on the hand. Malik Smith stayed in the lineup. Mentioned that. Yadier Molina served his suspension. Brandon McCarthy partially dislocated his left shoulder, and he's got a good chance to make his next start. Yuli Gurriel could be back tomorrow. Manuel Margot is on the DL. David Peralta sat yesterday. He's still bothered by a hand injury that he suffered in spring training. It's David Peralta. Charlie Blackman sat again with quad tightness. Marco Estrada—it was looking great, and then it all fell apart. He was pitching with back discomfort, which he said was not the reason for his struggles. Marco Estrada. Uh, and Travis Darno—I don't know if they have they officially announced he will have Tommy John surgery. Or he just might. He's going to be out for a while, if not the season. So yeah. Kevin Plowicki becomes a, uh, number two catcher, right?
2: Ploiecki? Yeah, I was looking at my rankings. I think I'd move him up to 17th among catchers. So certainly in play in two catcher leagues.
0: Plowicki got hurt yesterday, but it seems like it's just day to day. Uh, so I feel like a failure because we should have talked about these guys earlier, but they've had a very, uh, interest, you know, good spirited show. And unfortunately the rotation got pushed back. So let's go through it here and tell me who you're concerned about. Because all of these guys, uh, I think, are have at some point or are now giving us a reason to be concerned. Lance McCullers, he has been terrible third time through the order. Third time through the order, he has allowed 10 runs on 10 hits in an inning of the third. Opponents are hitting 769. And, okay, it's small sample size. But last year, he had a 10.03 ERA the third time through the order, Lance McCullers, and opponents hit 365. Robbie Ray we talked about. Carlos Carrasco, velocity's down, and the strikeouts are down. Now, he has faced three opponents so far. They're all in the bottom seven in strikeouts per game, so that could be part of it, but the velocity is down after a complete game one run outing yesterday. Carrasco. You know, James Paxton, I think he's fine. He had a great start. The ERA is still kind of high, but he's, he looks good. Tanaka. Beautiful start to the season. Beautiful start to the game against the Red Sox. Then he got crushed in the fifth inning, gave up a grand slam, and now he has a 519 ERA and four homers and 17 and a third. Alex Wood, velocity way down. And yesterday, you can maybe excuse it because he had food poisoning a few days ago, but got roughed up by the A's. Bad sushi. Bad sushi for Alex That's Wood. Well, I'm
1: never eating sushi. Was never, it really sushi? Ever, ever. Scott and I agree entirely on this subject.
0: And so do I. Count me in.
1: Oh, yes. we're the sushi List podcast. Anti-sushi it's, it's a podcast. We're gonna get a lecture from the sushi
2: lovers oh, out there. Oh, Chris
1: Towers would absolutely, I'm sure, lecture us, but no sushi for the, for non-zero chance. I got enough foods I like. I don't need another. I'm it, sure it's delicious,
2: but you know, if I never I, no, try I'm, it, I'm, I'll never know. I'm, I'm never pretty sure it's it. not. Pretty I've had, good. It. Oh, you've had it, it. Some of you've it's had okay. okay. Some of it's
0: okay. okay. I'll tell mm-hmm. you what guys, I, I think that, so I have some data that tells me how long people are listening to the podcast. And while most people are probably still listening, there are a number that cannot listen for 50 minutes. So I think what we should do is start tomorrow's show with these starting pitchers and the ones that we're really worried about. Because it also includes John Lester, Luis Castillo, and Danny Duffy. You want to give great, me a sn-
1: great tease, sneak great peek
0: tea. on, on who you might be concerned about for tomorrow's show?
2: Sure. Um... I might be concerned. I'm uh, the only one from this list who have, gives me any concerns at all is Danny Duffy, and I'm not hugely concerned about him.
1: I am. I'm one hundred percent concerned in Danny Duffy. I am ninety five percent concerned in Alex Wood, and I'm about ninety percent concerned, eighty percent concerned in Robbie Ray. Wood
2: okay. oh, has such a good excuse. Bad sushi. Bad sushi. I think, but it's been consistent. The velocity's been down velocity. all year. I actually, yeah, but it, it, the velocity's been down to where it was every year prior to last year. It right? to like, but right. you now. don't, w- you don't want him to be the pitcher he was every year. Oh, prior every, to last year he was a great pitcher prior to last year. Is it's it just really when yet? his velocity was up last year, he was the best pitcher in baseball. Nobody drafted him to be the best pitcher in baseball. It's ridiculous.
0: Hey, he was throwing like 89 miles per hour last night, though. That's
1: that, where he used to be. Really? He used to be 89 to 91, That's and where he was He was fine. He wasn't worth his ADP this year, though. Look at his
2: career numbers. They're they're number three starter type numbers in fantasy, and that's what he was drafted to be. He's going to be exactly who you wanted him to be.
0: All right. So uh, moving on, I want to go through the fringy starting pitchers. Kevin Gosman, Marco Estrada, Adam Wainwright, Brandon McCarthy. Gosman, Estrada, Wainwright, McCarthy. Clearly, Gosman and Estrada are in a a different class. Um, Yeah, good stuff from Gosman. Uh, Six innings, three runs, three walks, seven strikeouts. And he's somewhat uh rebounded since the terrible opening day start. Or yeah, pitched opening day, right? Yeah. Whatever it was. For his first start. Uh okay, yeah, I don't think there's much to say here. Gosman and Estrada. How do you compare them with the hot pickups? Skaggs is over the world.
2: Um, I I prefer both to Skaggs. I would have Estrada behind some of those guys. But um Estrada Estrada gets a pass for this start because he dominated for the first three innings and then had some back issues flare up in the fourth, and that's when he got shelled. Mm-hmm. Um, he, it was actually his best swinging strike rate of the se- uh, total of the season, even though it was an abbreviated start. So he was he had that change of working.
1: Yeah, of those guys we talked about at the top, I'd rather have Newcomb. I'd rather have Manaya, I'd rather have Reynaldo Lopez. They're mm-hmm. ahead of the rest of them. Then both. Then both.
0: Brandon McCarthy. I mean, I think thirty-four percent is. Uh... Higher than I thought, but I think it's pretty appropriate. Like I, I, I kind of want a little bit of Brandon McCarthy. I don't want any of Adam Wainwright. Uh, None.
2: Yeah, get that guy out of there. He can go suck an egg. <laughs> uh,
0: deep leagues. Junior Guerra, Brewers pitcher. Jarlin Garcia, Jarlin the Marlin. It's Jarlin. Uh, what it what would it be? Jarlin. Jarlene. I had
2: been calling him Harlan. Harlan. Yeah, Yarlan would make sense too. Cause... I had an uncle named Harlan once, but it wasn't spelled like that. Sometimes when you get those German- Germanic names in Spanish, like Johan, you know? Mm-hmm. Johan Santana. Harlan. Get that Y sound at the front. Alright, might be. I don't know. Maybe we can look it up. Any good idea?
0: First baseman Jeffrey Marte is batting 440, and they're all 7% less, or 7% owned or less. Any interest in Junior Guerra, Arlen Garcia, or Jeffrey Marte? <laughs>
1: Um, not really, no. It is Harleen. Harleen. Harleen Gar- Gar- Garcia.
0: Well, well then no, they can't call him Harleen the Marleen.
1: No. They could. Harleen. Eh,
0: Nobody's stopping them. That's stupid. Two that's, syllables. That would be the sushi of nicknames.
2: Thank you, Heath, for the <laughs> <syllable>. <laughs>
0: Uh, Hey, make sure you listen to Jonah Carey's interview with Bill de DeBla- Blasio. Overheard on that podcast was this little debate.
1: If I had the power, I would just take Tampa Bay and move them to Montreal right this minute. I will
2: will interject for one second, and here's what I will say about that. I know the pain of losing a team. Yeah. I'm also against public funding for Stadia. I don't believe it's a good idea. I think we named 40 different ventures that are better off than that. There needs to be a balance, but from a fan base perspective, I wouldn't talk to somebody from Tampa or St. Pete or Orlando and say, yeah, you don't deserve it because you didn't show up. Even if it meant a team coming to Montreal, which I want very much, I would not want Tampa Bay to lose a kids. All right, that's really noble. But one
0: counter, one (laughs) counter to that. And you'll have to tune in to hear the counter.
2: You know my favorite part of that exchange? What? Jonah Carey called the plural of stadium stadia. That's one of those weird English things that I'm always arguing with people about. I feel like that's what it should be. I didn't even catch that.
1: Stadia.
0: (laughs) Heath sings, wow. How about that? That's a new one. All right, today's matchups. Pirates-Cubs, Trevor Williams at Kyle Hendricks.
2: I will go start Hendricks, and that's it.
0: Yep. Michael Fulmer at Trevor Bauer.
2: Start both.
0: Start them. Michael Waka at Sal Romano.
2: I'm borderline on
1: Waka. I guess I'd lean toward it. What do you think, Heath? It, at this point in the week... I I think I know well enough in my head-to-head categories league whether I'm starting Michael Waka. It's a it's like if you're chasing wins and strikeouts, start him. If you're trying to hold a small lead in the RA and whip, I wouldn't.
0: Rockies at Nationals, Chad Bettis at Gio Gonzalez. Start Gio? Yeah. Very nervous about starting Sonny Gray at Boston against Rick Porcello. For whatever reason, I feel better about Porcello than Gray.
1: You know what? I'd start them both. I would probably – like I would start Waka over either of them. I want not do that.
0: Okay, White Sox twins, at Twins. Giolito at Barrios.
1: I think we got
2: to bench Giolito until that curve comes around. It's looking like 37 degree weather in Minnesota, so yeah, Giolito's no, but Barrios is yes.
1: This uh, Giolito, in in DFS terms, is what we would call a tournament play, and I think he is a a big swing and miss type play. Which is what the twins have done a lot this year. They had the second highest swinging strike rate or strikeout rate. They also had the second highest ISO. This could go really well or really bad.
0: Angels at Royals, Tropiano at Ian Kennedy.
1: I'll throw Kennedy out there. I'm, I'm terrified of Ian Kennedy. Uh, it, things have drastically warmed up in Kansas City. 75 degrees with a 20 mile an hour wind blowing out to left tonight with Trout Upton.
0: I rather start, I'd
1: rather start walking. Kinsler right. back. It. Kinsler back Kennedy.
0: Did you know that Kinsler did not come off the DL yesterday, so Otani could stay in the lineup because Kinsler, Kinsler, I guess, is going to have to DH. Uh, something to keep an eye on. I don't know what the situation. He's going to have to get at second base. Giants- well, Yeah, there was
1: there was a report that Otani is like actively lobbying for more playing time. Wait, why is Kinsler going to have to DH? I think it was not maybe enough to
0: maybe just yesterday. I don't know, but. Um, mm. Uh, I, but that's what that, he said. Would throw a wrench in things. He said he didn't want to take, uh, Otani out of the lineup, but he'll be back today. Giants and Padres, Chris Stratton at Brian Mitchell.
1: No. Nah.
0: Okay. And we've got a show tomorrow that with just eight games on the schedule, that should leave us plenty of time for a mailbag. Um, we've got some listeners who are beefing, or at least I'm going to try to make them beef. Hmm. which should be fun.
1: Sounds really productive.
0: <laughs> yeah, we we'll us try to get a listener bench-clearing brawl going. Uh, we'll read some emails. We will talk about those starting pitchers. We will talk about anything from today's games. We will rock and roll. Thank you very much, everybody. For Heath Cummings and Scott White, I'm Adam Azer. Talk to you on Friday.